your money has many jobs. And if you work as an entrepreneur or small business owner, your prices have many jobs too, in your business and in your life. Hello, 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 and welcome to More Than Money, a podcast where we have nuanced conversations about money, business, and life, where we take the time to explore the human side of money because success with money is never just about the numbers. I'm your host, Jacquette Timmons, and I'm really, really glad you've taken the time to tune in today. A quick announcement before we dive into our show. I wanted to make certain you knew that I am hosting another Pricing Made Human Masterclass. It is scheduled for Thursday, June 9th at 4 p.m. Eastern. It will be virtual on Zoom, and I'd love to have you join me and other entrepreneurs and small business owners who are also looking to answer the ubiquitous question, what should I charge for this? Or the other one is now the time to raise my prices. Because you know, asking these questions, they are actually signs of being proactive. Also, money is not monolithic, either in business or in life in general. In business, money represents revenue, profit, and cash flow. Personally, it represents what you pay yourself, how much you're able to and save, invest, be philanthropic with. In other words, your prices do a lot of work in your business and for your life. And the approach that I walk you through during this masterclass tackles pricing from all three sides, the financial, the personal, the emotional. It helps you build, sustain, and grow a business that centers the health of your personal finances. And a byproduct of this approach and reflection is that it has the potential of putting you and your business on an even firmer financial foundation. So if you are an entrepreneur or small business owner or no one, check out jacquettesimmons.com forward slash pricing dash masterclass. Again, jacquettesimmons.com forward slash pricing dash masterclass to learn more and RSVP. We're capping our number of guests to 10. So check it out and grab your spot now. Speaking of now, now on to today's show. And let me just say from the top, this is going to be probably one of the more nuanced episodes that I've done. So hang in there with me. So on the heels of last week's episode, that was episode 130, I recorded a video and I recorded this video and I put it on social and I talked about the cultural tendency to view money in a monolithic manner when it is anything but. So for example, as I've already mentioned, in business, money represents revenue, profit, and cash flow. Personally, it represents what you pay yourself, how you fund your lifestyle, how much you're able to save, how you're able to build wealth and create a legacy, how you're able to be philanthropic, all of that good stuff. And these different representations end up adding a bit more nuance to your potential answer to the question that I raised in last week's episode, what does money need from you today? Because if you think about it, these different representations, revenue, profit, cash flow, salary, lifestyle, saving, investing, giving, these mean thinking about your answer 
to that question, what does money need from you through several lenses? It's why your money has many jobs and why if you are listening and you work as an entrepreneur or small business owner, it is why your prices have many jobs too in your business and in your life. And frequently, this isn't as straightforward as you might prefer. So if there's one cultural tendency to view money in a monolithic manner, the different jobs of money and your prices, what that does is it brings to bear another cultural tendency, and that is the desire to want money to be easy. And I want to stick here for a moment and address something because I am not saying, and I do not want you to walk away from this episode thinking this, I am not saying Everything about money needs to feel like an upward slog or that you need to add a level of unnecessary complexity to how you make financial decisions. Because you know what? Being what I describe as a hardship martyr isn't healthy or beneficial, financial or otherwise. And yet, wishing or believing dealing with money in a myriad of ways should be easy all the time is both a financial and emotional trap, a trap that can stunt your financial progress and success. So what to do? Or I guess I should say that more. <laughs> I should enunciate that a little bit better. So what to do? First, let the easy things be easy. I've mentioned how tracking your money is a healthy habit several times in the history of this podcast. But what folks tend to focus on is tracking their spending. Don't be like most folks. Be sure to also track your earnings, new sales versus repeat sales, booked business versus accounts receivables, open deals versus closed deals, and let the discipline and practice of tracking be easy by using tools and systems to help make it so. Because you know what? You can't beat the insight that you get from tracking. The data that tracking reflects illuminates patterns and trends, and that can help you with forecasting and planning, and that can help you determine if your prices are really working for you. Second, aim to struggle less with the hard things. When dealing with money, what's something that you find hard? I did post that question out on social uh, last week as well. But here are a few things that immediately come to mind for me. Talking about money is something that folks tend to find hard. Making decisions is something that folks tend to find hard. Changing behavior, mindset, and expectations, as well as determining what is enough. By no means is this a comprehensive list. So I'm curious, what am I missing from it? What would you add to it? Well, while you noodle on your answers and decide whether or not you're going to actually share them with me, I'm going to dive into each a bit more because guess what? Not only do they each play a role in how you think about and approach money in general, but they affect the same when it comes to pricing too. So let's start with the first one that I mentioned, talking about money. 
as you've like me, likely heard me say countless times, money is about so much more than the dollars and the cents. Whereas talking about the math of money is easy, having those more substantive conversations that require tackling the emotions of money, well, that's another matter. And these discussions are what reveal your values, your beliefs, and your expectations. They tap into things people can often become self-conscious about. For example, your feelings of deserving identity and comparison. However, you can't price your way. It does not matter what you price. It doesn't matter you know, how high that price is, how often you increase it. You can't price your way out of needing to talk about money, be it with yourself, with your prospects, your clients, or your customers, or with your colleagues and peers. You just can't do it. And I will add there also having conversations with your family about money too. Another thing that makes pricing or dealing with money hard is making decisions. There are some decisions, financial and otherwise, that just simply are not binary. They're not right or wrong. They're not yes or no. They're not better versus worse. And with non-binary decisions, the answer is more in the realm of it depends, right? It depends on the context. It depends on the circumstances. And these carry a great deal of weight, making one decision or choice that is right for one person, quote unquote, potentially wrong for another. Again, one size does not always fit all. And in the moment of decision, that whole, it depends, can feel extremely frustrating and entirely unsatisfying because it's not anchored to an objective measure. When it comes to the non-binary decisions you have to make, you'd benefit from having a decision-making framework that reflects your values, your priorities, and your preferences. This same trifecta, your pricing should reflect that as well. And one of the things that makes pricing hard is when your trifecta bumps up against your desire to have the prices you set be right, quote unquote, for everyone. It's a hard truth, but they won't be. And sometimes you have to internally wrestle with this fact and what this means to and for you and to and for your business. Here's something else that can make dealing with money hard, and that is changing your behavior, your mindset, and your expectations. You know, I've referenced this study in other episodes as well, and it comes from Duke University. And the study found that 40% of the things you and I do on a daily basis is based on habits, habits we practice unconsciously, habits that drive your behavior, shape your perspective, and influence your expectations. But habits are often resistant to change, even when you know they need to be adjusted making those changes can be hard. And changing your habits doesn't just mean doing something differently. More likely, it also means tweaking your goal, disrupting a long-held belief, and changing aspects of your environment. It probably also means having patience and being willing to occasionally fail on the follow-through until the new or improved habit takes hold. When it comes to pricing, you might be stepping out of your comfort zone with your new habits. 
Your prices, though, may help to reshape your relationship with money using your new or improved habits. So it's kind of circular. Here's another example of what makes dealing with money hard. The question, what's enough? I am astonished by how often I am asked during interviews to define what's enough money. It kind of rubs me the wrong way because I dislike it when people try to determine what enough is for someone else or perhaps, you know, pass judgment on someone else for however they've defined enough for themselves. In my opinion, enough is deeply personal and based on so, so many different factors. So my issues boil down to this, enough for whom and enough to do what? To live on? If so, where? Enough to survive a setback and thrive afterward? Enough to spend without constraints? Enough to travel the world twice, three times? Enough to retire and scale back back working at 35 versus 55 versus 75? A lot of people struggle with defining what their enough to number is or numbers are. And if this is you too, I'm going to bet it is for the same reasons as I often see. You're looking for certainty where none exists. You want your number to be correct. You want assurance that it's realistic or achievable. But here's the thing, any number will do. If you've done the financial wheel exercise, you've heard me say this, it doesn't need to be correct, realistic or achievable. However, you do need a number since it is more directional than anything else. With regard to your enough to number or numbers, your prices play a key role. They contribute to the myriad of factors that determine whether you can reach them as well as how long it will take. So I've got two more examples and then I'll let you get on with the rest of your day. I have a tendency to not want anything to go wrong. And I know this is utterly ridiculous and yet. I also know I am not alone when it comes to managing perfectionism with not wanting to make a mistake or miss the mark or goal or not exceeding someone's expectations of me. I have high standard y'all and you will be surprised at how often it's hard for me not to want to re-record an entire episode because I've made a mistake. <laughs> I have to remind myself it's all good, right? Um, anyway, I have high standards and high standards are all well and good except when it doesn't leave room for grace when things go awry. Because there's no way to avoid making a mistake in calculation or judgment on occasion. And similarly, it's unlikely that every outcome you aim for will be achieved. So before I sign off for today, I wanna add these two things or examples uh, to the list of what makes dealing with money hard forgiving mistakes, and reframing failure. Doing either or both is not easy, but it is extremely necessary. 
For the entrepreneurs and small business owners listening right now, there will be times when you will miss the mark either with your pricing, with the scope of your offer, or a combination of both. When this happens, pause, reflect, adjust, and determine what comes next. Is it a revision or do you create something entirely new? Dealing with money and figuring out your pricing may not be as easy as you'd like. It also doesn't have to be harder than it naturally is either. As always, thank you for listening all the way until the end. If today's episode sparked an aha or reflection, I'd love to hear about it. Please send me a DM on Instagram. And of course, I'd love to have you join me and other entrepreneurs and small business owners for the next Pricing Made Human Masterclass. It is scheduled for Thursday, June 9th at 4 p.m. Eastern. It will be virtual on Zoom. To learn more and to RSVP, go to jacquettetimmons.com forward slash pricing dash masterclass. And if you'd like to show appreciation for this podcast in general or this particular episode, please share it so we can reach more people. If you are on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review. We do read them. And if you'd like to buy me a coffee, here's how you can do that. Buymeacoffee.com forward slash Jaquette. Buymeacoffee.com forward slash Jaquette. Again, thank you for listening today. I'll be back next week. I hope you will too. Until then, remember, it's about more than money.